right. We're really having technical ideas. So what's up, everybody? Welcome on aboard to another panic attack with Big John. Joining me tonight is Doc, and I don't know what we're going to talk about. I hope Ohio issues one and two, but so much has happened since the last time we spoke. It's hard to say where the conversation will go to. But this is John. Here comes Doc. On another Mega Powers cast. What's up, man? Well, I guess it's the uh, Mega Powers explode, right? Like we've been right. doing. Right. <laughs> it was crazy. We were having link troubles getting you in here, man. Well, that's probably more on my part. Ninety uh, percent of all issues are with the operator, so you know. <laughs> we've so. only been doing, John. We've only been doing this for uh, fifteen years. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. We, we haven't got the hang of it yet. <laughs> We've changed platforms about 10 times in that 15 years. So uh, I think we're always a learning curve behind our newest uh, platform. So, right. uh, But hey, man, how you been? Well, I've been doing great. I've been following a lot of this... Uh political stuff I, I don't think as closely as you know what I would like but my my sense of the situation you know regardless if you're talking about Israel uh, the presidential election uh, what's going on in Congress what's going on in the country among you know average ordinary Americans which none of what I just mentioned matters uh, there's just a lot of stress on really critical uh, joints to keep all of it together. There's, there's a lot of focal point stress. Um, and I'm not suggesting that the country's on the brink, um, but it, it is, it, I, I personally sense there is a lot more going on in the average ordinary American's life and in what is important to them <clears throat> than what is being um, reflected in the news that we consume. It seems like the news that we consume falls like into one of two or three bins, you know, uh, uh, threats to democracy, white supremacy, January 6th insurrection. Uh, <laughs> you could probably toss in, you know, Donald Trump and, you know, a cheat, a liar or whatever. So there's that like, that bag that the media tries to throw at people uh, to get clicks and to get followers. And it's just not, none of that's all dead, right? That's just not working. Um, then there's this bin of like distraction, which right. uh, is, I don't want to say, um, well, actually, frankly, I think the more I think this out, like Ukraine and Israel is what we need to be focusing on. Uh, but the distraction scene, I guess I can't, maybe that's what the conversation tonight will be, but I, I guess I can't quantify what is distracting us from Israel and Ukraine. And um, I guess the third prong of that would be, uh, you know, the, the plight of the average, like what I just said, you know, like the plight of the average ordinary American. Uh, that I, I think is, and I got a, I got a couple tweets here 
that I'll share later on if you remind me of of people that are actually out there talking to real people uh, mm-hmm. and not and not this other thing. So I think there's that uh, going on as well. So there's just a lot, but well, that's how I would break it down. I'm on Twitter now, and I think one of the distractions we have here is uh, this Speaker of the House ordeal. We're going through this again, and, and let's let's do the Twitter first. Um, I, I've got this one from AOC on her personal account at AOC. Uh, the idea that the GOP are about to nominate Jim Jordan of all people in parentheses. Yes, January 6th, Jim Jordan ban all abortions from conception Jordan. Sexual abuse cover-up, Jordan, for speaker, or in parentheses, for speaker of the House is an attempt to save their majority. They deserve to lose. And uh, that's a quote tweet from, uh, she was quote tweeting Sawyer Hackett. Uh, It says, Sawyer Hackett said, a quick premiere on Jim Jordan, Republicans next contender for speaker. Uh, he voted to overturn the 2020 election. He sought to pardon Trump for election crimes, which I didn't know congressmen could pardon people. That's a new one to me. Uh, wants to ban same-sex marriage, supports national abortion ban, and has never passed a single bill in 16 years in office. That's from saw your hackett and then i read aoc's quote tweet before that um i think the speaker of the house thing is a problem although i'm glad mccarthy is gone but do you think that's one of the distractions from what we should focus on well let me just first say that i think aoc is a worthy political opponent who uh regurgitates uh a lot of talking points from the left in a very powerful, concise, and connective way. Like, I don't discount AOC. I don't think she's a nimrod. Uh, I, th- I think she is some, someone to be respected in terms of political argument. However, what I have learned in the last couple of weeks is that the squad, including AOC, are frauds. They're phonies and they're, they're wimps. Because one person in the Republican caucus stood up to the Speaker of the House and beat him. That's Matt Gates, mm-hmm. and he was an outsider and said enough is enough. AOC actually did more than that. She peacocked and had protesters in Pelosi's office. She came in as an anti-Pelosi progressive Democrat that was going to hold these old, out-of-touch leaders accountable. And what did she do at every chance she had? When it mattered, she capitulated. She voted with the establishment of her party. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and take that kind of commentary from AOC about what the Republicans are going through when she campaigned. And frankly, if you want to get serious about it, as smart as she is, she lied to her voters and the reason that she won. She did not go down there and disrupt. She went down there and banged the drum and then capitulated. And now she's making a lot of money doing a lot of different things and dressing in very nice clothes, more than what she had when she went down there. 
and is in a hell of a lot better off position than she was six years ago when she got elected. And I think this question should be asked to the people of her district, are you better off than what you were when you voted for AOC the first time? <laughs> no, they're not. They're worse off because she lost them an Amazon center that would have had hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jobs, or I should say jobs that paid in the six figures. Yeah, and but, instead, John, but, yeah but John, but you know what I'm saying? Like they went down there and I get that. I get what you're saying. She screwed that big deal up, but even bigger than that, believe it or not, they went down there to throw the leadership out. And did they do it? No. Did they, did they back down when they had a chance to do it with majorities that were exactly the same as the Republicans? Maybe the right. rules weren't the same, but could they have defeated certain things that were very important for Pelosi and the establishment in their party? Yes. And what did they do when push came to shove? They played games. You know, certain people didn't show up, so certain people didn't have to vote yes, and then they, you know, voted yes when they didn't, you know, they got strong-armed. Everything happened the way Pelosi wanted it to happen. When it comes to the Republicans and what you know, they said they were going to do for their voters, we all know that the establishment doesn't care about their voters. But what did the people finally do with that? They stood up and said no. And that's why we're in the mess. Room. There's a lot of people that are they're ripping the Band-Aid off. They don't like what this feels like. And they're upset. This is Mike Rogers from Alabama with this guy with this you know, bad hair piece, this divot that looks horrible on his head. I don't know what rat rolled up under his head. This is the same guy that tried to, you know, sidle up and muscle up and chest up against Matt Gates on the floor of the house when we were doing a marathon show on your podcast. Oh, yeah. And I said, what is this cat doing? This is Mike Rogers. This is an unhinged, bald, fake guy from a deep red state in Alabama that should be primaried and voted out of office. He's a phony and a fraud and needs to go. The fact that he now is coming in and saying, well, you know, I guess I'll vote for Jim Jordan now. Well, what conditions did he put on this? Is Matt Gates now going to get uh, a targeted because Mike Rogers, this fat, phony, bald-headed, worthless piece of crap, is he, is he you know, to put a demand on Jordan to target Matt Gates and his supporters because of what they did to Kevin McCarthy? Because Rogers was an aide to McCarthy? I guess time will tell. But the people of Alabama, in deep red Trump center Alabama, if there was one state that came for Trump and the MAGA movement and the issues that that stands for, first, it was in Alabama. And this guy should not be in office anymore, just for the simple fact that he was flirting with the possibility of putting a Democrat in charge of the House of Representatives after all the hard work that Republicans did in 2022, and yeah, they came up a little bit short, but that is a little bit of self-sabotage and all that, that he would be willing to turn that back over after nine or ten months to those people, he needs to go. He needs to yeah. go. Well, there are a lot of Republicans uh, I'm seeing here that need to be primaried about nine and, years ago. And Jim Jordan's election, just because Mike Rogers said that he's supporting him, is not secured. I saw a tweet earlier tonight. I don't know if it's still accurate, but there's still about nine or ten Republicans on the rhino side that aren't for Jim Jordan. Well, they better get with the program because they can be uh, primaried a lot easier than Jim Jordan. Uh, and I think that needs to that needs to happen.
Well, the uh, pro- we, the problem is, John, is the primary deadline. The you know, well, if, yeah. If you if you want to run for office, you need to be doing it before now. What's the the January first is the deadline, isn't it? I I mean I don't know. Each state is different. Like it depends on when their primary is. Right. Yeah, I think Ohio it's January first, from what I can remember. But then again, it's been a while. Look, um, the bottom line is the future of the other fucking country is on the line right now. And um, yeah, no doubt. And and the fact that we're sitting here playing, you know, uh, tummy sticks over who the Speaker of the House of Representatives is, is ridiculous. Kevin McCarthy was a fraud. We knew he was a fraud in January. They put rules in place that knew that they were going to be hung out to dry at some point and still did it just to take power. Unfortunately, our side isn't as organized as what they should be, but we have found an alternative. And, and I want everyone to see what the rhino establishment will do that has to go from the Republican Party. They have to go. They are willing to always capitulate and compromise with Democrats before they ever will with their own voters that put them in office. The fact that rumor, you know, I don't care that they now say, well, it never would have happened. That was a legitimate thing that they did to say that not only are we not going to vote for Jordan, we're going to put in Hakeem Jeffries or Nancy Pelosi or some other Democrat, be nice about it, or Kevin McCarthy because of what you did. Matt Gates and the majority of the House of Representatives followed the rules, the rules that were voted on by the House. And Kevin McCarthy was deposed because he lost the confidence of a majority of the people in the House. I don't care if that was because of eight Republicans. He knew the consequences when he agreed to that rule. So F them. Now those same people who want to do whatever politically want to side with the people that wanted to that, that are Democrats, and we know what they stand for right now, they need to be run out of office, every single one of them. That's my point. And, and, and this is really, this is fundamental. You know, we can all, John, how long have you known? If you disagree on a particular issue, you know, we go back and forth and I'll uh, see what happens. But when it gets to fundamental stuff, things that are at the fabric of who we are and propped up against what's at stake here, we don't have time for fat, fake, bald Mike Rogers and these fake rhino Republicans and their little hissy fit. We don't have time for that. So I don't know where the voters are in those districts and in those states, but they need to show up. And the candidates need to show up. Credible candidates. Not whack jobs, not self-serving malcontents, but legitimate candidates that live in those districts to say, this is too much because this whole entire country is on the ballot in 2024. I said on this podcast in 2012, if Barack Obama wins this thing, we this isn't an election where you can say this is the biggest and, you know, whatever. That was the election. And I was right. We went down a path that is 
the only way we got out of it was by electing Donald Trump. And we didn't even get halfway out of it because of what happened, because of idiots like Mike Rogers and other Republicans that wanted to submarine Trump. But this really is it in 2024. You know, 2012 may have been, here's the path and you'll never come back. 2012 is it. We will not, we will be masked, mandate masks whenever the government says we will be subject to censorship. We will be ridiculed, ostracized. We'll have to live the lie in a supposedly free society if these guys take charge in 2024. And there are still people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. There are still people like Mike Rogers, Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan, John Boehner, John Kasich, and all these other people that are ta- Larry Hogan that are tap dancing around talking about this Saturday other thing in the face of literal extinction from democratic participation. Uh, you said a lot there, but you know this this coming up election is very very important. Well, I'm sorry to say a lot. I had to go off. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I just hope you didn't lose everybody. Um, but yeah, this this coming this coming election in 2024. Oh my God, it's like off the rails. You brought up Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and I was uh, looking at some polling today. When you throw him in this election now as an independent, Trump is now leading ahead of the cheat anyway, in a lot of the swing states, Pennsylvania, he's now up, you know, 5% over Biden, uh, Michigan, he's ahead now. So, and I don't know where all these uh, lawsuits and uh, not lawsuits, but you know what I'm saying? Indictments are going to go where this is going to lead us. But uh, I'm telling you, you know, I think people woke up and you brought up the Republicans in Congress and the Tea Party movement. You know, there's a in 2010, there was a huge tidal wave that that red tsunami we expected last year came in 2010, thanks to a group called the Tea Party. And there's a reason that the Republican Party started slipping backwards Uh, Because those people that came out to vote saw how these guys, like the one you were just ranting about from Alabama, we saw these people not stick to their word. We saw John Boehner was an establishment, a literal crybaby who wasn't tough. Then we got Paul Ryan in there and he wasn't a leader now, maybe Jim Jordan is a leader. I see him in these uh, judicial committee meetings fighting like hell for what's right, uh, you know, fighting to get to the bottom of this. Uh, what do they call that? The uh, weaponization of the government. Uh, and I, I, I look forward to seeing him fighting with the Democrats on the House floor. So uh, I think he's a born leader. 
the guy's a, a wrestler, a real wrestler, not the WWF that I watch. And let me tell you, those are some tough sons of bitches. You know, those guys are just mentally and physically tough. So maybe that's what we need is a bull, a pit bull in the face of a hurricane here to lead this country. But we got to get a speaker of the house because there are things going on in Israel. There have been things going on in Ukraine where we've got to get our shit together and get it together quick. We've got a second aircraft carrier group headed towards the Middle East. I don't know what the Joint Chiefs of Staff are planning there. Uh, I've heard that well, they're... I could, well, I could tell you what they're planning. It's probably, you know, you know, uh, you know sensitivity training 101. Uh, I think they're they're sending a battle group or two to teach Israel sensitivity training. Oh, they're, they're going to uh, teach our own people sensitivity training. <laughs> I heard uh, Biden may be headed that way within uh, a week or so, <laughs> which ought to be a a blast. Oh, yeah, Him Joe Biden. To... Who, who's Joe Biden? Honest to God. Any, you know, John. I know I'll go on a rant. I'm not going to right now. People follow this. I, I may not follow it, but people do follow it. Um, no one cares about Joe Biden. I'm going to be honest with everyone listening. No one cares about Joe Biden. The only Nobody. way they, they win is if they cheat with Joe Biden. There's no, there's no way that he won legitimately in 2020, at least in Arizona and Georgia. And there's no way he will win legitimately in 2024 unless they cheat. And no one cares about this guy. He is a loser. Joe Biden is the biggest political loser in the history of American politics that they had to drag over the finish line and do all the things that they had to do to not only get him in office, but try to keep him in office. And I just want everyone out there to realize that no other human being in this country would be in a, an 80-year-old man that does not know his own faculties would be in the position that he is in. And this isn't because Trump is such a horrible candidate. As a matter of fact, Trump is beating him now in every single poll that I have seen recently, not by a half a point, but by two, three, four, five points, and even more in certain targeted uh, toss-up states. Right. So Joe Biden is a loser, a moron, a reject, that nothing he says matters. All right, let me, let me slow you down here uh, because you're making a great point, but I, I've got to slow your roll a little. Not, we're not, I'm not, you're not, and I'm not just saying he, he doesn't matter to the United States. He doesn't matter to the world, does he? No. The world does not respect this man. Zero. They can see him a mile away and how dumb he was when he had all his faculties. And he's even worse now that he's got dementia. And not only dumb and dementia, but they knew he was corrupt. They knew the game he was running. This man... Joe Biden, and people have not been educated properly on this because of the media, has been a crook 
in the United States Congress for decades. A oh, yeah. yeah, you know, his whole thing is, you know, he wanted to be Joe Kennedy. And he wanted to be from an elite political family. Uh, unfortunately, his son, Bo, died of cancer. I think Bo was the one that was going to carry the torch. Uh, no, what, what, what Bo was going to do, and I will say this, I, that's sad how he died. And but what's even sadder is that his dad, Joe Biden, the president, tries to portray it as a, a war injury. When it wasn't, oh, yeah. But yeah, so he, it is sad that he died of that cancer. But what Bo Biden was groomed to do was be the front man for the grift operation that Hunter was running. Right. Well, I mean, I mean that, that that's tough to say about a dead man, but I mean that's what that that has to be what was happening here. Well, uh, yeah, and let's not get into how screwed up the Biden family is. I think it's. <laughs> A oh whole yeah, how about the daughter? The, da- the daughter with her allegations. I don't. Get, I won't get into it here. But the daughter yeah. and her allegations. Yeah, that that's it was disturbing. <laughs> Definitely a victim of abuse, child abuse. Yeah, but yeah, there. you know what, John? The, those go. Those documented allegations in a diary go unreported or even debunked. When the truth is, we got to live the lie. This is communism. When you have to live the lie and accept it, even when you know it's a lie. But yet, how many rumors did we hear, unsubstantiated and just made up rumors, about Donald Trump being infatuated with his daughter Ivanka, uh, wanting oh, her to get yeah. bre- wanting her to get breast implants, wanting her to be skinny, wanting uh, his other daughter, who he thought was too fat to be skinny. None of that was true. Right. And they made him out to be some pervert. Meanwhile, the guy in office is sniffing hair of 10, 11, and 12-year-olds, caressing inappropriately the shoulders of minor children, rubbing up against the wives, the adult wives of men who are right in front of him in press conferences and talking oh. about how he likes his legs to be caressed by, by random children. kids. I mean, this is ridiculous. Enough of this guy. I get it, right? Let me tell you something. I get it that in 2020, you were tapped out. You were seasick. You had had enough. You couldn't take any more chaos from Donald Trump. And you had to, with your arm tied behind your back, vote for Joe Biden. That doesn't include the fraud votes. But you voted for him. You would have voted for anyone else but him in any other situation on a level playing field. But we had a pandemic. And you were coaxed. You were drugged into thinking that what you were living in was so bad and horrible that you had to actually vote for a crook, criminal creeper in order to get yourself out of this thing. Well, guess what? The nightmare is real. The nightmare is here. The world is falling apart. The country, they are only keeping it together by fake, phony Wall Street numbers. 
but the fundamentals is there. The people are hurting. It is time that people wake up in this country and put away their ego, put away their sensitivities, and vote for mm-hmm. someone that will actually do something about this in a real constructive way. Joe Biden is a loser. He is a, a no player in all of this. Uh, you said to me a few weeks ago or week ago uh, that I need to give you a chance on here to walk back something you said about Trump, that his shelf life is up. Do you want to do that right now? Okay, yeah, because I think I just touched on it. I mean, it's called seasick voters. There, You know, we used to have shy Trump voters or whatever, uh, embarrassed Trump voters or woodwork voters. Now it's seasick Trump voters. <clears throat> and um, at the end of November of 2022, I came onto this podcast and very proudly and vocally proclaimed at the disagreement of the host that Donald Trump's time, whether, whether and this is a, a critical caveat, whether or not you like him or not, sometimes the shelf life of a politician expires like a gallon of milk, whether or not you want it to or not, it expires. And that it was my belief after 2022 that Trump's shelf life had expired, that the people that had a chance to ratify his candidacy moving forward decided to stay home, and they did, knowing that that would hurt Donald Trump. What I have found out since then is that is not the case. That the Republican Party, which is the only alternative to this nonsensical mess that is happening in this country, not just bad policies, but political retribution and targeting, just, you know, like the Democrat Party is out to lunch. They are not what America was founded upon. They are the enemy of American freedom and the Constitution and the Declaration and the Revolution that put this country here. Donald Trump is not out of favor. He's not out of favor. The polling data, and, and that's that's the thing in this. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to give an opinion and be wrong. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a traitor. It just, that's your opinion. And I always supported Trump. I wanted Trump to win and be the person. But at that time, I didn't think that this was the best. Now, I wasn't fallen in with DeSantis or anyone else. I just said, I don't know if this is the guy. I don't think he is. I think his shelf life has expired. What I have now seen after the political hit job, but it's more than a political hit job. This this is something that you wouldn't even see in some totalitarian regime. What they are are doing to this guy. I think it has awoken the American people. And I think if they had to do it over again, they would come out and vote in 2022. Because now they know by not doing that, they've hurt Trump more. Right. And I think when you get down to it in 2024, the fact that this guy's winning after all of this, the fact that this guy is up by 50 in the Republican primary, the fact that this guy is up by five, six, seven against Joe Biden. 
none of this. This guy should have 2% approval rating right now in the old. Yeah, right. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He has high disapproval ratings, but he has higher approval ratings. And he's winning the election. People understand what's going on here, and they're being ripped off. The people, maybe not directly monetarily, but they're they they are being ripped off by their country, by what's going on right now, and they've had enough. And it's and it's not politically engaged people that control the narrative. It is people that you don't hear from, the great silent supermajority that you never hear from, that never vote, that now all of a sudden are like, this is stupid. I'm getting effed and I'm done with it. That's the Trump voter. And I underestimated the power of that vote. I thought that there would be enough seasick voters that would abandon him, not because they failed to support him because they needed to do something else and that he had reached his expiration date. But the persecution revived Trump. Absolutely. And and legitimately so. So, I was wrong. But if we want to save the country... I can't be wrong anymore because there's only one option right now. If you want to save this country, I can't be wrong anymore. You can't be wrong anymore. Anyone can't be wrong anymore. There's no other option out there that will stop this country from persecuting people who disagree with whatever narrative the government wants you to believe, that wants to tax you beyond belief, that wants to jam down social engineering in your throat, unbelief, that wants to auction off your job and your future to a foreign entity through bad trade deals and giving up on the manufacturing sector of this country that made us great, you cannot risk this anymore. Yeah, what happened to the Democrats being for the working man? I was looking at uh, the the stocks that people in Congress are investing in that they probably shouldn't be allowed to invest in, but Democrats are investing money out of their personal pockets into the military industrial complex, the Lockheed Martins and Raytheons and Northrop Grumman Republicans uh, are putting money into the American energy sector. So it looks to me like the Democrats are the party of pro-war because that's where they're spending their investment dollar. And I mean, we're talking insider trading shit here, really. But Well, the, the people in Congress, John, they've been insider trading for decades. Oh, yeah, we know. These are people that are making... What, 90, 100, 120, $140,000 a year that leave Congress multi millionaires? I mean, the, the evidence that Peter Schweitzer talks about in his book, the evidence that is already out there now about even just in this Israeli thing where they mm-hmm. 
made convenient investments in shorts and puts on uh, defense contractors. They're making tons of money. They're, they, they're, they know what's going to happen before it happens. Do you think anybody knew that this uh, invasion by Hamas was coming? Well, I mean, I don't know if anyone knew about this. I mean, look, from what I've understood, there's there's a group of people that say, hey, you know, they knew about this invasion. And then there's a group of people that say, well, they may have known that there was a security lapse, but this was it, such an incredible invasion that, you know, I mean, they were paratrooping people in. This was in, in this was Normandy for Israel. Yes, it was. Okay. It really was. And there's no undercoating that. The Israel, what this was it for them. And it, had it not been for their strong defenses, they would have been effed. Okay? That's how bad this was. I mean, I have seen some real horrific crap online about what they did to innocent people. And I tell you, I got to tell you, you know, the mindset of the Palestinians is what's effed them for 55 years not Israeli occupations or settlements. They want to actually destroy the Jews and drive them to the Mediterranean and kill them all. They don't want in Israel. You can't negotiate with that. I'm sorry. Right. You know, you just can't. I mean, that is not an ideal situation, and you never want to advocate for, you know, the extermination of people, and that's not what Israel's doing. Israel's saying we got to exterminate not Palestinians. We got to exterminate Hamas. We got to exterminate the terrorists. We can't have this anymore. And I hope they put as many columns as they can organize and go into northern Gaza and salt the earth because that's the only way around this. We can't have this anymore. So, however it happened, it happened, but it was a lot worse than what we know. And I've seen a lot of pictures that suggest that this is this is like Hitler esque, and it, that's unsurprising because these are the same people. Uh, the so-called Palestinians that aligned with Hitler and the Nazis during World War II. And that's who Israel's going up against. We're finishing World War II right now is what we're really doing. They want Israel's, regardless if Israelis are Jewish or not, they want Israelis gone. They don't want Israel around. And so we can't have that. We can't have that. Let me tell you something. There's, uh, there are multiple religions that live within israel and get along i didn't know that there were muslims living in there i knew some christians lived there and catholics and whatnot but um let me tell you some history doc i covered this a little bit a lot of it actually the other night on this podcast um the palestinians tried this shit uh in northern jordan in around 1967 uh and finally about 1970 king hussein of jordan had to declare war on the palestinians because they were doing the same thing to jordan that they were that they're doing to israel now saying this is our occupied land and uh they blocked off a section of northern jordan and declared it um uh, uh, not occupied zone, autonomous zone. And uh, finally, the King of Jordan said, look, this is our country. You're not welcome here. And other Arab states could take the Palestinians in. 
But a dirty little secret of this whole thing is a lot of Arabs don't like Palestinian Arabs almost as much as they hate the Jews. And nobody wants to take the Palestinians in. That's one thing. It's convenient convenient for the other Arabs to keep them around Israel so they can have a reason to, uh, say, for Iran to funnel money into Israeli terrorists for terrorists to attack Israel. It used Uh, to be called Pan-Arab, Pan-Arabia. Right. It's now what people think Palestine is. And first off, you know, Palestine back in the day would mean Jews and anyone else. All right. It wasn't Muslims. And so you had some folks around, you know, that wanted to cozy up to Hitler and exterminate the Jews in the Middle East. These were pan-Arabian people that belonged in Syria, that belonged in Jordan, that belonged in other places, and those countries didn't want them. This Mm -hmm. is, all respect, a rejected people, a rejected people by a lot of places. And that's the crime here, that the people that could actually help this group of Middle Eastern Arabs that lived in Pan-Arabia created this country called Palestine, created this movement called Palestinians out of thin air to represent something that it never was historically. Those people turned their backs on their own in order to exterminate Jews. And you don't negotiate with that. I'm not a war whore. I don't believe in going around the country starting wars and poking fingers. But, and and by the way, Israel ain't asking for America's help. And they don't need it, by the way. They'll handle this. We just have to step, step back and let them do it. They will rid this region of this plague. That doesn't mean rid the region of Arab or, you know, you know, people or Muslim people. That means the Hamas people, the people that hate. And all Arabs don't hate Jews because no. there's a lot of Arabs and Muslims that live in Israel that are members of the Israeli parliament, the Knesset. Yeah. You people are, don't know that. You are a hell of a lot better off as a Muslim living in Israel than you are as a Jew living anywhere else in the Middle East. And, you know, um, right before this Hamas thing happened, Israel and Saudi Arabia were in the final stages of regulating, making regular diplomatic relations between the two countries, uh, that is historic. Uh, typically, you know, Saudi Arabia has been on the other side of the, the Israel and the Palestinian problem. And there's a new king there that's trying to westernize that country badly. Uh, in a, he wants to do it badly. He wants to do, do it so bad is what I'm trying to say. 
uh, bad in a good way. Um, well, there's and, a lot of money. There's billions of dollars that are being fronted uh, by, uh, you know, Iranian terrorist organizations funding, uh, you know, this whole entire thing against Israel. You know, there's an old thing called slay to pay, where if you just went and killed a Jew or killed anyone visiting the Holy Lands, you'd get a check for the rest of your life from these terrorists. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what we're dealing with here. And for anyone to equate, you know, look, civilian death is never good because you never really know what's going on. But for anyone to equate what Hamas did to Israel, to what Israel's doing back to Hamas is, uh, frankly, I think it's anti-Semitism. Yes, you're you're telling the Israelis that they can't defend themselves. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, Hamas attacked Israeli civilians. That cannot be said enough. They went house to house killing Israelis. They red dawned into a peace concert in Israel kidnapping women, murdering anybody that was there. Uh, As the people were running and trying to escape, Hamas had the two only two roads out of the concert uh, blocked and were pouring machine gun fire into the cars of the Jews and other people at this concert that were trying to get away. Uh, Then people had to start running across an open field, and that's where these paragliders came in. And there was one guy driving the thing and another guy on the back with a machine gun gunning people down in this open field. I mean, this was a a slaughter on biblical proportions against the Jews. Uh, Maybe the worst mass killing of Jews since the Holocaust uh, you, you can't compare 6 million or however many during the Holocaust to 1,200 or 2,000, whatever the death toll is up to. But, you know, when Israel did their retaliation war, they told the civilians uh, in the Gaza Strip, this is where we're going to bomb we know where Hamas's underground bases and tunnels are, and you need to get out of these places and go to this place because we're going to bombard these specific buildings and areas uh, because that's where Hamas has their underground bases. And the Israelis did not get a warning from Hamas, hey, we're going to come kill you today. Israel is giving their battle plan away so that civilians can get out of the way. Right. No, it's, it's it, the, the, the rules of, you know, even, you know, it is what it is, John. I mean, is it, what happened in Israel is, is 9-11. No, I mean, it is 9-11 what happened over there. And it was supposed to be bigger. They were paratrooping people in. They, they occupied Israeli territory. I mean, that can't stand. That cannot stand. And, you know, we got enough problems in Ukraine and in Taiwan 
potentially. We don't need this going on in, in, in the Middle East right now in Israel. And I don't care how it started or what the rumors are, the conspiracy theories. The fact is it happened. And we'll get to the bottom of the rest later. But you can't have this. Well, I'll tell you right now what happened, Doc. Uh, I had a high school civics teacher. Uh, I took you know, history and government probably all four years in my high school. And he always told us, the downfall of every great empire is a weak leader. Now, jump ahead to my college days, and we talk about the United States, whoever the president of the United States is, is the default president of the world. Right now, we have a weak leader in the United States, just like we did for eight years under Obama. And you saw what happened then, and Biden is a million times weaker than Obama. And you're seeing what happens when you elect weak people to the presidency. You know, you get all this chaos in the world because they know there's nobody there to hold the gate, to hold the peace together, to hold the world together. You got a hey, weak leader, and you're seeing the downfall. You're absolutely right. Hey, do, do you have the ability to put me on mute for a second? I gotta, I gotta handle something. Yeah, go ahead. Can mute your phone. Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me right now? Just barely. All right. Well, I, can you mute me? Yeah, let me try. Go ahead and mute your phone. I can't. Oh. All right. You're as low as I can take you. Here, let's just take a break and come back. I'll send you another link. the government work oh doc's back all right man hey sorry i uh i'm on the road and uh things are getting a little weird around here so all right <laughs> well we're okay now we had a really look we had a really good conversation with the audience here and i know that we're throwing a lot out at people right now but honestly whether it's Israel or the speaker's race or the economy or what it is, everyone needs to understand that the average ordinary American is just unbelievably still not being listened to, not being listened to by the Democrats, which is no surprise because they don't care, or the Republicans, which is a little bit of a surprise considering how far Trump has taken the party. But they still are just listening to donors in ridiculous loser world about mm. how the, the country is aligned politically. The country is aligned politically right now, whether it is African-American, white, traditional Democrats or not, people that are just upset or not. 
partisanship doesn't matter as much anymore in terms of getting people out to vote, even though it is still a significant factor in how people vote. It's not as much. And by it not being as much of a factor when you control education and income, it's enough in a close environment that is already politically polarized to make a difference. And there's only one guy right now that can actually bring enough people together, maybe not a whole lot of Democrats, but enough people from, you know, tangentially Democrat or traditionally sympathizing Democrat over into Republican and conservative to bring the country together. And I want you to know that person is Donald Trump. The shelf life is not expired. I thought it was. It isn't. People still uh, resonate. But the forces that don't want that to happen, unfortunately, or I mean, fortunately, are small, but unfortunately control the media narrative. So you think one thing because that's what you're told. But what I'm asking the American people to do is to go back inside of you to what ticks. Tune out the white noise. Tune out the other noise. Tune out all noise. What ticks with you? What makes sense? What do you know is right? And ignore everything else. Because I'm telling you, if we go into 2024 and we give these people a leverage of power for two more years, this whole thing is over. We're, we're, we're down a path that we may never come back from, but at least we can prevent the end of the republic in our lifetime if we stop this this year. Yeah, you bring, we've said this over and over and over. I feel a lot of elections. This is the most important election of our lifetime and things like that. And I'm telling you, this 2024 um, may be that one. You know, this. Well, well, John, 2012 was it, right? I believe 2012 was it. We would not be in this position, even if it was Romney. We would not be in this position had we beat Obama after one term. My point was in 2012, if we lose, we go down a road. I don't know if we can come back from what I'm saying about in 2024 is. This isn't about going down a road you can't come back from. This is now falling off the cliff. No, I can understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, I, I think, yeah, you're driving the car off the cliff. If we we do anything other than elect Donald Trump, I you think you think that Biden is going to make it? I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, John, I think not only is Biden going to make it, but 47, 48, 49 percent of the people in this country are going to vote for him. That's what I think is the scariest thing. That's how close this is. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know, the, these polls saying Trump is up by seven, eight or no, the, no president. You know, it's not that bad for people right now. It's bad and it's worse than what we think, but it's not that bad. That's the point. And that's what's scary is because people think this guy is as, is as screwy as he is. It's not that bad. Hey, thank you. Do you think that getting into these wars are a possible ploy for Biden to try and get reelected? Like, hey, 
let's not change horses in midstream. We've got wars going on. We've got soldiers deployed now. Uh, we need to stick with who we've got. That's what because, I essentially think it is. Because I got that feeling the other day when I heard these battle groups are steaming towards Israel. Uh, you know, the American people are done with Ukraine. They don't want another penny sent to that country. Uh, they want us out. We want us out, I should say. Um, and the people are fed up. But when this Israel thing hit, that was the golden ticket to Charlie's Chocolate Factory for this administration. And now they've got a war that they can say, hey, look, hey, man, you know, I'm a wartime pr with the thing, you know, the uh, yeah. And, with the thing. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean. And, you know, when I was fighting corn. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> fighting Hamas is just like, you know, corn pop and the diving board. And, man, I was tough back in Scranton, Pennsylvania that I moved out of when I was two years old and haven't been yeah, back. Hey, yeah, and I'm so religious. I went to a Jewish synagogue. I went to a black church, a white, uh, you know, Catholic uh, mass, all in the same day. You know what I mean? I mean that's a phony. That's a phony. Look, Joe Biden is a representative of the phony, fake, and fraudulent politician in this country. He is uh, a total yeah. and complete fraud. And you say what you want about Trump. And the thing was totally rigged from Trump in 2020. Now, was it, I don't know how much it was rigged, but it was rigged. And it was rigged from not only the voting, it was rigged from the narrative, it was rigged from the cabal that was assigned to absolutely steal the narrative and the election and the, in, in the mindset of the American people away from what mattered. And it was rigged in a lot of ways. This the, the, the thing for me is it isn't so much that Trump lost, and I could accept that Trump could lose. What I can't accept is that they put this MFR in, who is totally and completely unqualified to be president of the United States, and you're telling me he got more votes than Barack Obama. That's yeah. the salt in the wound. That didn't yeah. happen. More blacks didn't show up in Philadelphia for Joe Biden than they did for Barack Obama. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a minute. Well, on election night, I looked at the, the results just like we did in 2016 when we couldn't believe that uh, Trump was winning. And Trump had won, or he hadn't won. But he made it out of Philadelphia. He made it out of Atlanta by the skin of his teeth. And as we saw in 2016, the rest of the state of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, then overcame the votes in those metropolitan areas. When it said 100% counted at 10 o'clock at night on election night, and then the next morning, suddenly the votes had flipped in Pennsylvania. And I look at the uh, Philadelphia County Board of Elections, and it went from 100% counted down.
percent counted. The Something fix was in. Wrong. Yeah, the yeah, fix. The, the, on. the fix was in. We don't know how much of a fix it was. I believe that at least in Georgia and Arizona, that Trump actually did win those states, but that's still not enough to have won the election. Uh, you know, there still was Pennsylvania and Michigan, where I think there was a lot of shenanigans going on, but we just don't know because we haven't gotten in there. I, I mean, the Wisconsin Supreme Court has already said through an independent investigation that the way they conducted their election in 2020 was in an unconstitutional way based on all of the ballots that was, you know, accepted from unorthodox you know, ballot boxes and ways that they were casted, which kind of puts the whole thing in, you know, in doubt, even though they didn't say it. So, yeah, I mean, you, you put that together and this guy is, isn't the legit, I mean, you know, I was not in my mind, he's not the legitimate president of the United States. As a matter of fact, we don't know who the legitimate president is. I'm not saying it's Biden or Trump. I'm saying we don't know. And that's where the, uh, uh, the whole thing on January 6th should have played out. Uh, where you just, you know, you're not overturning an election. What you're saying is, is that there's so much chaos and confusion through this pandemic and the way that these states manipulated their laws. We have no idea who won this thing. And in enough states, it's clear that who they thought won didn't, if you actually drill down into it and have done it in a quick way. So really, you just have to start tossing out electoral votes in various states because the states weren't able to conduct the election. You know, that's the state's job to conduct the election, not the federal government's job. In the state, right. in certain states, they weren't able to do it. So you toss them out. And then you take the elected representatives, which includes representatives from those states, and try to make a decision. That's the beauty of the system that we have. This isn't a court. This isn't the media. This isn't a dictator. This is the actual elected representatives coming together and saying, wow, this thing got effed up. And right. You know, we got to figure this out and we got to give some credibility to this election or else we don't have a republic anymore. And so the plan was is to give it a couple of weeks to let the states go back and really bear into this thing and see if they could figure out what went wrong and, you know, re re canvass it as a legislature to determine whether or not they want to submit electors or not. And and if they didn't, then let that decision then be where the power that the people said it should be. And that's in the uh, people in the federal house by state delegation. And no one wanted that to go. So they, so, you know, what happened happened, but to move, to move on, to move on from all of this, John, because we can't rehash that. We know what happened, but we can't rehash it to move on. The popular opinion of this country, the pulse of the country is not with Joe Biden. It is not with the Democrats. We know that. It is not with them. It may or may not be with the MAGA movement in lockstep, but it certainly is with Donald Trump. He brings the people together to form a governing coalition. And I didn't think that was possible after November of 2022. But after four indictments, 170 years of threatened jail time, and every other targeted thing, taking him off the ballot and everything else, the guy leads the Republican nomination by 35 points, and he leads the general election with a guy 
that allegedly got 51% of the vote in 81 million votes just three and a half years ago. He leads him by the largest margins ever. And that included the year that he lost. And, you know, a lot of things that were kept in the dark have now been brought to the light through the Twitter files, through the investigations by the House uh, Committee on Weaponization of the Government. And people are seeing, some of these people that voted for Biden now see what happened and what wool was pulled over their eyes. And you see Trump's support with minorities growing because they feel like they know what it's like to be uh, accused and set up and framed by the government. And, you know, we got this clown show of a Republican primary, and I can't wait till these stupid debates are over. There shouldn't even be debates because none of these people are contenders. John, did you watch? Any, uh, look, I'm telling you, I watched the first one. And I watched on Trump- Stephen Crowder's live stream and get kind of the highlights. And sometimes I go back and watch. But, you know, this stuff with Chris Christie thinking he's making a joke about Donald duck because he's ducking the debates it, it, it's just pathetic you know i get that but john i'm telling you i i just watched not even five minutes of the first debate and i thought if this is the republican party we will never win another election nationally ever again and no. the fact of the matter is that is the republican party the republican party is dead without Donald Trump. And, you know, the Republican Party has for a long time needed its house cleaned. Uh, And I don't know where we're going to get good qualified candidates. You know, I'll say this, Herschel Walker, not a great candidate, but he could have been better than what Georgia had. And people didn't get behind him. Uh, Dr. Oz, whatever you want to say, I don't care. He's a wise, intelligent man. He could have been, I mean, a fucking mashed potato is better than John Fetterman. You know, Oz could have been a good senator for Pennsylvania. Uh, Maybe they should have picked a different candidate there. But nonetheless, you know, how many times can the American people have the wool pulled over them by the media hiding these candidates? They hid John Fetterman the same way they hid Joe Biden. How how many more elections can they do that? I don't know. Well, I tell you, the greatest injustice outside of what happened in 2020 was the fact that John Fetterman is the United States Senator. And I know that they cheated that. I know that they cheated that. I mean, Oz should have won that thing. He wasn't the best candidate in the world. But you look at how close that election was. They cheated that thing. And they cheated it in more ways than the ballot box. And I got to tell you, you know, the Republicans in, in, in anywhere need to understand that potentially the future of the country 
not not less the results of the 2024 presidential election, but that perhaps the future of the country comes down to what happens in the polling locations in Philadelphia, because that is the the epic center of the fraud in the most con- you know uh, competitive state, and it could come down to that. And there needs to be I'm here to tell you because it should have been there in 2020 after what we saw in 2020 with what they pulled in Philadelphia and in other inner city places where they put up, you know, uh, sheets of paper so you couldn't see what they were doing in there. I mean, right. people don't, you, you don't see those replays anymore on the media with election officials, so-called, you know, pure bipartisan, honorable election officials putting up barriers for us to see what they're counting. They secret, they, they hid the count of the vote. What we need to see in Philadelphia, and I'm going to say this in a way, I want people to understand, I'm not saying you need to like do anything more than protest. You got to go to the streets. They have to feel the pressure. They have, all of us, whether or not you're in Pennsylvania or Philadelphia or not, this election in 2024, I believe, will be decided by what happens in Philadelphia. And that affects Pennsylvania, and that could very well affect the whole thing. I think it might be bigger than that, but that certainly is a focal point. And so that means you apply, use the left's rhetoric as your guide to victory. Apply, as conservatives, in a respectful way, massive pressure on the powers of government that affect the outcome. I want to see in Philadelphia when those Black Panthers roll out in the parking lot of the voting centers with guns and intimidating factors, I want to see a hundred MAGA people show up with hats on and intimidate them to leave. Circle those voting centers. Monitor those counting processes because if there is if there is a steal that's where it'll be and they need to feel us they need to hear us they need to know that we're there they need to understand that they don't get to do what they have done in years past and i'm not even talking about 2020 it's been a it's been it, it has been a machine for a lot longer than that They need to know we're watching and we're not going to let them get away with it again. Because it isn't about Philadelphia. It isn't about Pennsylvania. It is about the United States of America and the future of the country. The average ordinary American comes down to where it all began, where the Liberty Bell is, cracked as it is, where Benjamin Franklin railed against tyranny of the british this is where this thing comes down again and very appropriately so and we have to ask ourselves do we have the testicular fortitude to go in it again and stop the steal because we know where it is do we have do we have it to go in there and stop it well, you know, can these states get their act together? Can not in Pennsylvania? 
because it's all Democrat now. Is the legislature Democrat too? The legislature is one seat in the House Democrat. The governor is Democrat. The Senate is thin. It has to happen in the streets, John. It has to be massive pressure in the streets as the voting is going on, con- con- you know, going down in these centers and saying, not that we want to disrupt, but we want to see. We want to see what you are doing. That's what has to happen. This is the left and what they have done to this country, and the right needs to take the same tactic. I don't want to disrupt. I don't want to cheat. I want to see. Well, I believe even Trump has said, you know, the Republicans need to steal the Democrats' playbook and work the early vote, work the ballot harvesting where it is legal. And it's a lot harder for Republicans because we're further out and we're out in the the country, as you and I would call it. Uh, Maybe we're back in the suburbs a little bit, but when those absentee or mail-in ballots go out, we got to have door knockers going to people and, hey, did you get your absentee ballot? Did you send it back in? When are you going to send it in? Okay, I'll come back and check on you in a week and, you know, call those people, knock on their door, make sure they're sending their ballots back in if you can't take it in for them themselves. And I'm telling you, these ballot drop boxes, Doc, this is insane. I don't mind having a drop box at the Board of Elections where you can walk in during office hours and drop your ballot off if you're going to be out of town or if you just don't trust the post office. But we need to get back to old-fashioned absentee balloting across the land where you got to have a reason to request that absentee ballot. You know, grandma and grandpa that were in a wheelchair have always had the right to request an absentee ballot. We're not taking that away. But if you're a healthy human being, your ass can be at the polls on election day. And the the excuse makers for not going out on election day are always Democrats. And with all this early voting and mail-in voting, yeah, they've made it easier for Democrats to go out and vote. But with other laws and things they've put in place, they make it easier for them to cheat, too. You know, no signature matching, no chain of custody, no identification, Uh, you know, and everybody. It's uh, actually a survey said that more minority voters support voter ID than white voters. But they make it a racial issue. Oh, you're racist if you want there to be a voter ID. But when you look at the surveys, when you talk to people on the streets, black voters are like, yeah, you should have to present ID to vote. And now, of course, you know, states like New York, states like Pennsylvania, uh, other liberal states, California, they're willing to give uh, voter IDs, 
via driver's licenses to illegal aliens, state ID cards. Oh, hey, you live at such and such address? Well, I guess you can vote now, and you're here illegally. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and that backfires a little bit because some of the Hispanic voters are a little more conservative than what the Democrats would like, but uh, still, it's insane the way they've they've done these things. Well, uh, my my final point here, and I gotta jump off is yeah, we'll look, we'll wrap this up. Look, this has been a great conversation. This is an awesome podcast. We've been doing this thing since April two thousand and nine. You were ahead of me on the Tea Party. You were ahead of me on Trump, and you reeled me back in on Trump. What I do know that we do have in common is since that time, the country has gradually degressed. Our social institutions, the things that hold us together as people, I'm not talking about political parties. Fuck political parties. Excuse my French. I don't care about Democrats or Republicans. You want to know what I care about? I care about the VFW Lodge. I care about the Freemasonry Lodge. I care about the Italian-American club. I care about the YMCA. I care about the spaghetti dinners that the old people would organize to help raise funds for people who needed something, whatever that something was. I care about the church. I care about their raffle. I care about their bazaar, their spring bazaar. I care about their springtacular. I care about all of these things that are social and local community fabric organizations that are now deteriorated. And why are they deteriorating? They're deteriorated because we have given up on average ordinary Americans. We have told them to stop making things, to stop using your hands, to stop thinking with your hands in your head, to go to college, flunk out, who cares? Get $50,000 in debt and go code and pay the debt back. It doesn't make sense. People are not being listened to. They're not being respected. It doesn't matter where you are at in this country. That is the truth. People want to work. They want skills. They want respect. But this government has changed it all against them. They've said you have to change. That is not what made this country great. What made this country great where average, ordinary Americans, proud to be average and ordinary, knowing that they could outwork anybody, knowing that they didn't want to be lawyers and doctors and whatever, but were happy to be whatever in their town, out working, out hustling, and out classing anything else in this country or anywhere else. And they were allowed to make a living. They were allowed to raise a family on that hustle and on that drive, and it felt rewarding. Now today, it isn't rewarding. Now today, it isn't encouraged. Now today, you are told, don't do it. And people think that I'm not making sense, but it is the truth. They have said it. Go code. Go deliver Amazon. Go work (laughs) for the post office. Go do whatever. And, hey, those are great jobs. 
But that isn't what made America the economic superpower, the political superpower, or the world superpower. What made America great was people grabbing hard things and making products with their hands. And they knew more by working with their hands than any of these academic elite, any of these lawyers, any of anything else. And we have, and, and, and the idea that we would say and think amongst us that are elite, well, people don't want to do that anymore. That's condescending bullshit. They want to work. They want to do it. They want to get in the dirt. They want to get in the mud. They want to make a difference. And I'll tell you what, and tell you what, when we get into this mess that we're about to get into around the world, who's gonna, who are they going to call first? Are they going to call Sissy? Are they going to call Junior from the Upper West Side in Manhattan that go to the private schools? Are they going to call those people? And yes, those people have sacrificed. No doubt about it. The wealthy and the entitled at times have sacrificed in this country. But who have made the ultimate sacrifice more often than not in this country to keep it afloat? It is the middle class and the average ordinary American that have been shit on, pissed on, and ignored for too long. And they will be told in years to come, it is now your duty in this country to go fight some kind of thing. And all I'm saying, and all I'm saying is, if that's the call, if that's the mandate of the country, then so be it. But at least make it a mandate of freedom and democracy and the preservation of it all on a people that you have put on equal footing, that you have respected, that you have listened to, and that you have provided for. Not that you have beat down and ignored and then said, well, we're in a, we're in a jam here. Come bail us out. Nope. Not anymore. And that's what this is about. We are Americans. We believe in America. We are patriotic American people. We don't care what creed or color or religion you are from. We will live. That's the great victory of America. And it wasn't always that way. And it certainly wasn't always that way around the world. But America had shown that you can do this. It doesn't matter if you were no Irish need apply. It doesn't matter if you were a Tony to New York. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you were an African brought in this country in chains against your will. At some point, we all gathered ourselves and our communities, and we picked ourselves up with the help of our communities and our institutions and our church and everything else and made something of ourselves. And right now, a lot of that is missing. Yeah, I to your point, you know, I see more and more of my friends' kids taking that trade school route over college, getting back to working with their hands. And that's a good thing. Uh, somebody posted on Facebook a 
comparison, if you go to an apprenticeship versus a college, an apprenticeship, you get a salary right out of the gate as you're learning a trade. If you go to college, you spend $9,000 a year to get a college degree. Once you're out of college, you have debt. Once you're out of your apprenticeship, you're making triple what you made your first year. And that's what made America great. Doc, thank you for being here for an hour and a half. <laughs> we had a good time. Mega powers. And I'm explode. out of town. And I'm out of town, baby. And I got the mega powers. <laughs> So, all right, man. Anything else you want to rant? Or are we done? I think I probably should end it because I'll get in more trouble. All right, man. Hey, God bless everybody. Pray for each other. We'll see you next panic attack with Big John and Doc.